Hey guys, and welcome to episode six of Front Boards and Four Baggers. Today we have a really special episode. We are here with ACL Woman of the Year, Cheyenne Runner. Hi, Cheyenne. Hey. Uh, I mean, let's go through some of the things you did this year because it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, for a non-ACL event, you went down to throw down and won the women's doubles out there. You won at the beginning of the year. You won women's doubles bag brawl. You won the ACL Pro Shootout number three. You won the ACL Pro All Star Invitational. At, at the, you won the ACL Women's Pro Shootout just recently. At the World Championship, you took first in women's singles, second in met open singles, second in co-ed with Matt Guys, second in pro blind draw, second in women's doubles, and third in World Conference Cup. That is ridiculous. <laughs> it's not even that impressive. Oh, I, I like I was going through it. I'm like, I'm still talking. Wow. Uh, and, and that's not even all the things. Those are just the things that I could find on easy highlights. Wow. So amazing year. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, what do you what do you say about like how 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 does this year feel oh it feels amazing like I didn't even think I could do that and now I'm just ready to do it again that's awesome um so let's start with the most recent event so you just got done with the pro shootout championship that was on tv you were in the finals against Sam Finley uh the first question I have is you guys are both lightning fast like you throw without I mean it's like the first person's done you're already throwing again do you like that pace of play in a match like when you're both throwing really fast I do I I like to throw fast because it keeps me from thinking when I start thinking then the bags go crazy okay and does that does the music help you as well I know you play with headphones in does that um, I actually normally don't play with headphones except for when I'm on the broadcast. It's not even like about the people, but sometimes you hear Trey. Oh, right? okay. Sometimes it gets to me. So that's why I listen to headphones. Oh, that makes sense. I, I have <laughs> noticed that like, cause Trey, for people who don't know the broadcast, they're like right on the side of the court next to you guys. Right. Uh, so like, I know like he said multiple times, like he'll like make a call when someone's planning a shot and then that person will laugh or something because you can literally hear him like talking about what you need to do like right. five feet away so that makes a lot of sense but um another question about the format too do you like the 10 round format that they do for tv no no i i wish it was a full game yeah i mean i i can understand how i mean it changes the dynamic immensely like you can no longer match each other if you have a bad round right even like because before you play on the broadcast, it's 12 rounds. Even that feels more like a game to 21 than 10 rounds. It's hmm. crazy the amount of difference the two rounds makes. Interesting. Um, but let's start. So so the game was an insane game, back and forth game. Uh, you started out up 6-0, then Sam comes back 6-4, then you come go back up 8-4, then all of a sudden you're tied 8-8, and then you go <laughs> into that last round down... 10-8. So, you know, when you go into that last round, when you're walking over to the board, what's going through your head going to the last round? Um, I mean, before I was like, okay, we're tied. Like, keep it at a minimum, like wash it. And then I give up the two and I'm losing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just gave this game away. Um, Do you, do you like feel like you need to change your strategy at all? Like, I'm going to block or are you just like, you're hoping for a mistake at that point? Cause you guys are all so good. Uh, at that point, I hope for a mistake. I'm not a blocking player. That's not my strategy at all. So I feel like I would throw more off than trying just to hope they make a mistake. Sure. So first bag, Sam Finley throws off the back, off the right side. Does anything go through your head? Does the adrenaline start go up? I mean, like what, what happens when that happens? I just took a second and I'm like, uh, these four bags are worth $20,000. <laughs> 
And I'm like, just throw all four in. This is the most pressure I've felt. Um, and then, so then you make the four bagger, you win. I mean, that was insane. I, I could see the elation in your face right after it happened. I mean, it had to been just so much relief. And for people that don't know, for granted, this pro shootout championship had all the winners of the pro shootouts, but normal ACL events, I mean, it's a long bracket. I mean, there's a lot of rounds before that TV final. So these tournaments, they just look grueling when you look at the bracket. But I mean, it's got to be so like great to just be it done and be a win. And Right. I mean, we only had to play one game that day. So you show up, you warm up for a little bit, you play one game and you're done. It's not like you get to throw all day and practice. Yeah. It's different. No, it's very different. But well... Let's go into a little bit of your backstory about how you got into Cornhole. Um, and for any everybody listening here, Corbin's got his kids around, so he's going to try to come off mute as much as he can. But Yeah, it's the wife's at work. The kids are doing what kids do. So I'm trying to hang in there. You know, it's my talking will be a little, little less. But um, so me getting into Cornhole, if you don't mind, Cheyenne, I literally bought like a backyard set, right, for her first birthday party. And I started throwing. And then a couple of weeks later, I was like, oh, cool. Here's a tournament, you know? So that's literally what got me into it. I started looking online. I started figuring out, hey, there's tournaments in my area. So how did you get into it, Cheyenne? Um, my dad's cousin knew someone who ran tournaments. I was like, right by her. It's like five minutes down the road. Um, dad goes to play every Friday night, but I was to get into the blind draw. And I wouldn't play it. But when we would go home, we'd practice. And then finally, the director, Ed, put me in the tournament. And ever since then, I was good to go. Eddie, take over for a sec, please. All right. Well, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I feel like that's how everyone started. Everyone had either a parent or a friend gets them into it. And it's such a good entry game i mean it's it's not doesn't have a huge barrier to entry in terms of like athletic ability or uh you know right. money i mean you need boards and you need some bags and you need people that like to do that stuff so in your area do, do you have a lot of obviously you have to get good enough to compete at what you're competing now is there a lot of really good competition in your area um where i'm living now the only other pro that's in this area is don mcclem but when i first started playing uh i was on the other coast so i was playing with like Tanner Halbert, Ashton Spees, Kyle Malone, like all of them. Sure. So, so you grew up or learned how to play with a lot of really good players right. before you moved to where you are now. Um, what was the moment that you knew you wanted to like try to go pro? Um, so I was playing in the regular ACL season. And at that time when I qualified, you were just, if you made like top 16 in your conference and some other things, but um, that was kind of when I, that was my goal was to make the top 16 in the conference. And then once I did that, I was like, Oh, I can go pro. That sounds good. You know what I mean? Cool. Um, so I, I guess that kind of goes into like, what is your path to pro? So, I mean, did you start with, does it start back when you were doing it? Is it opens and then regionals or was there just events that you got points and then was it points based or. Um, it was like just regionals and conferences. There wasn't opens then. And then you had the nationals that everybody could attend. Okay. So did you travel a good amount at the beginning as well? Um, I didn't actually. So I traveled to all the regionals, the conferences. I went to the first national in Fort Lauderdale, and then I went to, uh, just the world championship. Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, let's go into like what it's like being a pro now that you're a pro. So, I mean, how much do you think are you traveling normally, like during the season? I mean, you travel all the time. 
for the main events there's four nationals the world's um but then there's so many opens that you can go to i feel like i'm always traveling oh really playing a lot yeah um on the week oh sorry go ahead sorry even if it's not acl i mean you're always traveling to other tournaments even if they're a couple hours away yeah and that was the question i was going to ask was on the off weekends you're not playing it are you still going playing like your local events and stuff like that too yeah we run tournaments during the week and go to people's tournaments on the weekends so it's a full full life commitment playing playing <laughs> cornhole. <laughs> yeah. Everybody laughs at you like you tell someone, "Oh, I'm a professional cornhole player." They're like, "Really? They have that?" But when you really think about all the time and the money that's put into it, well, and just the skill too. I mean, once you go down this rabbit hole of cornhole, I mean, like the game is not easy, you know. And and anyone who's been playing for a good amount of time, like not only making it to the hole every time, but playing against your opponent, it's almost like a game of chess and, and consistently doing it for games and games and games and games is just so difficult to do. So, I mean, of course, as a professional of the, I mean, as much as I played, I'm like, you know, I I know Corbin in his area in Michigan has a good amount of pros that play around. Oh yeah. We're stacked out here. And he tells me all the time. He's like, he's like, you play against a pro and it's just like everything that you can do. They just do better and more consistently all the time. (laughs) Like, like it's so true. It's like, you literally like, you know what? I'm going to block them. I'm going to get around them. They shoot over it. They're like, well, okay. It was a nice try. <laughs> <laughs> that would have worked against anyone else, but it's not going to work, you know? Um, so, so we see the events on T. Oh, I was just going to say, what events are you playing in that we don't get talked about, but you're saying you're playing during the week and you're playing on the weekends and whatnot. And what, uh, what are things that most people don't understand about being a pro that go into being a pro or maybe that people are like weird when you tell them about. They just, I feel like people are about cornhole are just like, really? That's a thing. Yeah. Like you travel the country playing cornhole. And it's starting to get really big now too. I mean, the more and more people are getting into it. The TV is starting to cover it more. I mean, I know me and Corbin are seeing a lot more people like interested in the content we're doing. And, and it's just, it's blowing up in, in a lot of ways. Um, I was just up at a golf weekend last weekend. We turned the TV on and I think your match against Trey Birchfield at worlds comes on or whatever. And we're watching it and they're like, they're like, Oh, so why are they doing that? And like, even just these normal people are starting to understand, Oh, that's why they do that and stuff. And it's, yeah. it's, it's getting out in the mainstream, which is really cool. Um, what is the hardest part about being a pro? Um, I think the traveling, like, I was going to say the travel. Yeah. Right? Everybody thinks, oh my gosh, you get to go all these places. Well, yeah, I get to go to these places but all the time. Yeah. And eventually, I mean, sitting in a hotel room or going in another event. I mean, at the end of the day, it's two boards in a room. And the, I'm sure the TV setup looks fairly similar no matter where you are. It's just placed in a different room. They just right. set it up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I don't have this question right now, but what are the, in a normal, um, event you're playing in or the, when you guys are indoors and the, what are the conditions? Does it get really humid in there and sticky or is it usually yeah. pretty fast? Usually they're pretty fast. Normally, like prior to this season, all season, the boards were really fast, but as the season went on this season, they just slowed down. So each event, they got a little bit slower. And I guess that goes into one of my other questions, too, of like a lot of the time when we watch it on TV, you know, most people are playing Game Changers, Vipers, all the fast ends of like all these companies' arsenals on fast boards. Is it just because of how whole friendly they are because it's fast? I mean, what's the reason that everyone plays these crazy fast bags, even if the boards are quick? Um, I, I think it's the whole friendliness. I mean, if you're up the middle of the board, it's 
probably going in the hole. Fair enough. Um, is there any specific players in pro right now that you either play really well against or you play poorly against? I know like everyone's the same, but is there any kind of player that somewhat gets in your head more than a different one? I don't think anyone really gets in my head. Yeah, I don't think anyone gets in my head. It's just more of where I'm at in the bracket. Is is there any um, play styles? So, like, you know, if you play against a Ryan Windsor that wants to go all blocks all the time, or if you play, is there any play style of an opponent that is more difficult for you or something that you're, like, it's harder to play against? Like, would you rather just be shooting two fast players up the middle, four-bag fight, or do you like the get-around, messy board kind of thing? No. I would rather play against someone with my playing style, which is just slide them all in. Um, someone like Ryan Windsor is a little bit harder to play against. Um, for a while, it took me a while to realize just to push through their bags because I would try to block behind them. And then I, you know, my bag would slide up and kick off or I try to shoot an airmail. But once I finally realized just to push through their bags, it made the world of difference in my game. And I know you did. I think in your match against Ryan at the world championships, uh, they were even talking about that a bunch is he kept trying to block and you just said, screw your block and just kept pushing through <laughs> over and over again, basically. And, um, which I mean, you they can tell showcase that too on uh, Instagram and YouTube. They just had her clip up against Ryan with the, uh, with them blocking her sliding through. She mm-hmm. took them both pinched them, dropped yeah. them all in like, <laughs> and it's, it's perfect. I mean, go right through them. It's, why risk it you know well if you right. can play up the middle i mean why why make the game harder yeah. <laughs> some, of us, some of us can't play up the middle eddie i understand <laughs> most of us can't do that right. <laughs> that's why we're interviewing her she's not interviewing us exactly <laughs> hey one day um so when you play in uh, other events or maybe you play against some like what they call like advanced or competitive players that aren't quite pro do you notice any differences but when you play pro players versus like your really good regional players um, I don't really notice a distant uh, a difference other than consistency. Um, yeah, and I guess that was my next question too. Is there any common mistakes that people make, or is it more so just consistency over the course of a game? I think someone who isn't on the pro level, like if you're playing in a regional and they're playing against someone like me with my kind of play style, I think some people will go out of their comfort zone and then try to block because they don't want to go hole for hole. And I think sometimes that gets to people rather than playing their normal game interesting i mean that makes sense i mean and if you look at a lot of the i mean when you guys do play your programs 221 i mean once in a while there's like a big point round if someone hits like a really big airmail drag or if someone really has a bad round but normally it's like two point trades because like one person barely misses one so i mean it's it's all about just who can not make mistakes for the longest period of time and i think matt guy said it at throwdown this year is uh if you make every bag in the hole you can't lose yeah <laughs> <laughs> which i guess is a good way to play the game but yep so we'll go a little bit into your throwing style so i know you do kind of what we call a thumb pull which is like you just kind of grab like in the middle of the bag and just pull to the edge to get your mm-hmm. grip is that your grip you've always used i mean most of us start out with like the normal you know half and half grip have is have you made this over time um no i i think i always played like that it just I have small hands, so that's my way of kind of controlling the bag when I throw it. Sure. And we'll get into the new bag you're because they are big bags if you have small hands. But um, yeah. <laughs> And you do the left foot forward standing still, you know, with a bit of a follow through. Have you always done that as well, or has that kind of been tinkering? 
Uh, no, I, when I first started throwing, I actually threw with my right foot forward. Um, and then I would swing my arm back, but it would be like so far you could see it behind my head like that far. <laughs> it's like a bowling. Up in a video and I'm like, wow, like that's a lot of room for error, you know, swinging your arm that far. And so with time, I figured out how to not swing my arm as far. And that's what amazes me about Sam Finley, too, is like she's like all the way around her back when she's throwing right. around. And yet she's very consistent with it. So, right. But there is a large room for area. I mean, I'm a stepper, so I, I add another level of error in there. But um, <laughs> whatever works for each person. And um, and so and then also I think we said this, too. You play really fast. And is, and is it just so you don't have to think as much? It's just all muscle memory? Yes. Okay. So, I wanted to ask on that because yeah, you were saying the um, the players who you play against well or play against poorly. Since you're such a rhythm player with your speed, if you're playing against like a Damon Dennis or something, does that throw you off a little bit? Yeah, slow players uh, do throw me off a little bit because I'm I'm thinking about what I'm doing, like thinking right. about you when normally throw. Right. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess I didn't even think about that too. Because I'm a fairly fast yeah. thrower too, just for the same reasons. It's just like I see the board position, and I'm already like, all right, I know I need to step out or do something. Let's just throw the shot. I don't need to like. Or I right. think my thought process is always like, I'm not going to get better in the next ten seconds thinking about it. Like, <laughs> like I either know how to do it now or I don't know how to do it. So right. I should probably just do it. <laughs> Dude, that's so fun. I'm polar opposite. Yeah, <laughs> I literally have to sit there and pace myself. I leave my bags on the board on purpose. They all sit there. I grab them one at a time because it's I have to wait and I have to steady myself. So it's just that's so funny. So moving into this year, so you were with Ultra Cornhole last year. Now you've just signed with All Cornhole. So congratulations on your new signing. That's it's awesome. Um, so I know right now live on the website you have your Cheyenne Renner All Slides and Game Changers. I think you have some with you to show off. I do. So I have one of every color. This is the teal. And this is the opposite, so the orange. orange. And then the red and black. And yellow. Oh, those are all so cool. <laughs> Corbin, yeah, if you they, if you could play okay. game changers, you could get the <laughs> Hey, you know what though? I can handle all slides. Oh, uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so we we got something there. <laughs> So how has the transition to um, the all Cornell family, the players, been in general? Um, you know, everybody's such a family. Everybody's so welcoming. Okay, cool. And then um, I guess, so I'm a big, we, we so me and Corbin review bags. So obviously, like, I, I'm a big fill nut and material nut. Like, I, I, I care about what it feels like in my hand. Has it, was it hard to transition from a Viper to a Game Changer or an All Slide? Because it's a very different bead, very different size, material thickness. I mean. um, It's not that it's hard to transfer or over. The only thing that's different that kind of, that I'm getting used to is the size of the bag. Mm-hmm. The speed doesn't bother me. It's just the size. They're just a little bit bigger than a Viper. They are. Yeah, they are definitely a little bigger. I, I know on TV you were throwing uh, game changers recently. Do you throw the all sides as well? Because I know the all sides are slightly slower without the patch, like if it's a little quicker. But you're mostly just throwing game changers right now. I really throw the game changers. Um, yeah, and I guess those are all those questions. But then we'll go into also with all cornhole, you have a new doubles partner going this year with James Baldwin. 
which is, uh, you know, he's been in the scene for a really long time as well. And he's been with all Cornell for a very long time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know a lot of people are really excited about this team. How did the uh, team end up coming to fruition? Is it just, you came to all Cornell and they, he needed a partner or did you guys talk about this beforehand or. Um, I had signed with all Cornhole and then he needed a partner. And so we talked about it and thought it would be a good pair. And then uh, for these doubles teams, I mean, does any practice go into this beforehand? Is it just kind of you meet up at events and throw a little bit and talk, or you you both are good enough that you just assume you, they know what they're doing? Um, I'm well. It's more like team chemistry. So we're planning to play in a couple of opens before uh, the first national. So hopefully we can get better at playing together. Okay, awesome. Um, and you know, and I think the most important question that goes into the the doubles team is um. You guys both have exclusive bags with Al Cornell, so which ones are you using? You know, that's an important choice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you know, if, if you're using his bags, I mean, that's, you know, I, I feel like they're less good than yours. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then are you still going to be playing uh, women's doubles? I know you played with Sarah Cassidy a bit last year. Uh, are you still going to be playing with her for women's? Yes. Yep. Okay. Awesome. I like that pairing. It is. I mean, well, that's a they, solid they won team. a lot, so I mean, it's probably <laughs> it's a, a good solid pairing. team. Well, yes. it helps we're on the same page, so we're both throwing the same bag now. Awesome, that yeah. helps a lot, which does help a lot. I mean, I and for anyone who's listening, I'm sure you play in a blind draw or playing something. If you get a partner that throws a bag that you cannot throw, it is really difficult to like have a team, or even when you're making a team for a local tournament, being on the same page with speeds and bags matters immensely when you're trying to play together. Um, Corbin, if you got a quiet second do you want to go into uh practice yeah Ed, i mean if the kid doesn't fall off chairs and because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened so we're here it's parent life um so i know we were talking the other night cheyenne um you still play a lot at home right you said you run tournaments you run um and then you play in tournaments when you're not running them do you also practice a lot or do you really just play like six or seven nights a week um, I usually don't practice a lot. It's usually just going to the tournaments and that is my practice. Okay. And now when you're, when you're at those tournaments, are you always finding open boards? No, no. <laughs> she's just better than you, Corbin. I don't know what to tell you. No, it's cool. It's whatever. It's, you know, it's, that's fine. I'm not even upset. Um, so then you don't even have really a practice routine. Do you just kind of like, do you have a warm up routine before games that you like to do a certain amount of things or, you know, slide air mill push, stuff like that? No, I usually like if I do go out and practice, I just try to slide them all in. Sometimes, usually, I'll slide the first three and then try to airmail the last one. But okay, and then how did you get your Amrail game to be so good? Did you just uh, shoot them? Well, before <laughs> I was running tournaments, I would actually practice and okay, airmails a lot. Okay, that's awesome. Um, and do you have any advice for like? up and coming players that just want to get better with, you know, consistency or airmails or, you know, even like you're saying that pushing through bags that you even struggle with that, you know, do you have any advice for the new up and coming players? Um, I, so what helped me a lot was actually like recording myself and watching videos and looking at my throw and say, if I was trying to push, this is what I do different. This is what I need to do. I just, I try to watch it and, make the tiny adjustments and put that in my head that this is what I have to do. So it's really just a big focus on mechanics. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. I have a baseball background. That's 
that's just clutch. <laughs> um, so going into the 21-22 season, um, what's the start of the season going to look like for you? Hopefully the same way than last year. <laughs> you just going to come out firing? I hope so. <laughs> So I hope so too. I, what's the I first? Uh, what's the first event of the year? Is are they doing bag brawl again, or what's the first one that you're playing in? Um, well, I'm going to a couple of the opens before the first national. Uh, the first national is in February. Okay. And then national. So that is it. Is the nationals the ACL events, or does ACL not start start up till later on? Yeah, that's that's the pro only events. Pro the opens. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, Corbin, do you have any other questions? I only missed like half of this, but I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just one of those nights, you know? Yeah. Well, Cheyenne, I mean, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. You know, you made a big Absolutely. transition all Cornell this year. You got a new partner. You got a new season. Hopefully you can keep up with the pace that you got going before because obviously something worked last year. So uh, keep throwing them all in the hole, I guess. Up the middle is the way to go. Uh, you know, and Corbin, I said, Matt Guy said this, if you hit all four in the hole, you can't lose. So it's a pretty good way to I, play. I did hear that. And I actually <laughs> tell people that, funny enough, like 10s are good, 12s are better. You yeah, know? yeah but, exactly. Yeah. But uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, really cool episode and uh, good luck on the year. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Shane.